This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Well, the doors have been slowly closing for Radio Shack for many years now, but with last week's bankruptcy filing and subsequent deals, it looks like what we used to know as a pretty good source of electronics is almost gone. We wanted to take a look at what went wrong and what maybe should have been done over the last several years to change Radio Shack and still make it a thriving business. We are joined by Denise Dahlhoff, who's a research director of the Baker Retailing Center here at Warden. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. It, it As we were talking before we went on the air, uh, Radio Shack had a model that for quite some time really worked. Mm-hmm. And with the change in the digital age and all the different things that we're seeing now, it, it really needed to make more changes, and, and it just did not. And, and that is probably... One of the biggest reasons why we're seeing Radio Shack in bankruptcy right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you said, there have been so many changes going on in the electronics field, and Radio Shack has tried to keep up with that a little bit. But in the end, um, they went with cell phones. Actually, before that, it was computers, and they changed to cell phones. But the margins there, as I understand, got smaller and smaller, too. And also with a focus on cell phones, they gave up their service orientation a little bit. And they are, you know, like having skilled and trained employees that can that are sort of the hobbyists and yeah. the experts on all, all things tech. That went away. So they lost their focus. And in the end, that was an undifferentiated business. And having so many stores, it's really hard to make like large-scale changes happen. So in the end, I think they, they just lost their focus. So then uh, with with the, the deals that we're hearing potentially out there, I mean, Standard General is talking about, uh, you know, being involved and, and there was, you know, Sprint maybe coming in. I mean, is there really any, anything that could be done or, or is is it basically a, a set in stone that, you know, Radio Shack is going to be having to sell off uh, basically most of its materials here over the next several months? Well, I think that's a good solution for now because Sprint and Radio Shack have had a business relationship for many years, so they know each other. And apparently the Sprint business must have worked out within Radio Shack, otherwise they wouldn't have uh, picked them as a partner. So and the transition will probably be um, fairly easy because they know each other. They just have to remodel the stores a little bit and rebrand. But this will give Radio Shack a place to live on and then figure out what that brand is going to be in the future. There is certainly a lot of um, brand equity still with Radio Shack. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is with what kinds of target groups and what Radio Shack could be in the future. Obviously, it's an iconic brand. There is a lot of... You know, there is a lot in people's minds that have known the brand for a long time. So it's figuring out what what Radio Shack is going to be in the future. How much of the fact that that they didn't seem to be a great source where people would, you know, even go online and buy stuff uh, through their website? That that seems to probably be a, a little piece of this as well. Certainly, they haven't been a big online player. Um, My understanding from what I've read is that they didn't focus on online because they wanted to fix the stores. So they missed the boat on that 
for sure. And all the mass retailers, their competitors moved into their space. So Walmart and Best Buy and obviously Amazon. So they took away a lot of that business. Yeah. So it put them in a really tough spot to figure out what they actually were in this changing age. Yeah. So it was tough. Well, and, and that part as well uh, that you mentioned, a place like Best Buy, uh, where you can potentially get music or you can buy a TV or you can buy uh, a stereo system, you, you know, there's, there's, it's not just a one-stop type of location. And, and I get the sense that Radio Shack, in some respects, became that. And you throw into the fact that most of the locations were in strip malls, uh, you know, it, it just seemed to be kind of a, 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 a formula for a failure for success. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of the locations, some people actually envied them for their locations. Really? They have a huge network. Um, and I mean, a location is always as good as, you know, if it's in the right spots for your target group, that's yeah. actually great. So in fact, the Sprint CEO says they have incredible locations. They huh. work out well for Sprint, apparently. So... I don't know whether whether it was the locations necessarily, but definitely they were. They attracted different kinds of target groups. They weren't as focused. Like they they are still carrying like all kinds of parts yeah. in addition to cell phones and in, in addition to other electronics. So that's very different target groups that come to the store. And then again, like their legacy has been to cater to hobbyists and tech nerds and like, you know the the real the people that make things, um, and that got lost a little bit. So people don't frequent Radio Shack as much anymore for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866 is the number. Uh, we want to hear from you, uh, especially uh, uh, there are obviously a lot of people, if you're, you know, really, if you're 20 and above, uh, you know about uh, the history of Radio Shack. Uh, were you somebody that went to Radio Shack and kind of uh, lost the feeling to, to going there? We'd like to hear from you. Maybe some of the reasons you saw going into Radio, Stack, Radio Shack stores that they missed. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. In terms of the retail industry now, we, we've seen so many companies do a good job of evolving their business. And that was just something that just didn't happen with Radio Shack. As you mentioned, they, they were in kind of a niche area. Uh, certain customers really worked well for them, but it wasn't for the mass consumer anymore, was mm -hmm. it? No, as a, they, they were fragmented. They have offered all kinds of things, but not one specific thing. They did try to evolve. In fact, they started this program where you can fix your the screens of cell phones, which mm. relates to their cell phone business. It's good to bring people to the store. There isn't really a like a, a chain store that that offers that. Actually, the Best Buy bought Geek Squad, so that would yeah. be an equivalent. But so they did try to to make that work and have offer services and and attract people to the stores. But again, it was a little bit of everything, and. So in the end, it didn't serve. A couple of years ago, uh, Radio Shack tried a marketing campaign where they changed. They they tried to brand it as the Shack, mm -hmm. and they tried to make it a little bit more cool, a little more hip. Mm -hmm. uh, that obviously didn't work. And from from a, a retailer's perspective, when you have a marketing campaign like that, that that fails like that, what is the effect? I mean, obviously it's a negative effect, but how much does that almost 
double and triple the negative feelings towards a company. I mean, that's really tricky because you you sort of say you're that one kind of company, but when people come to the store, you're a different kind of company. So it definitely creates a lot of confusion. It dif disappoints people. It might be hard for them to come back after that disappointment. So my recommendation, if you can do it, is first change your store, be the different a different retailer, the one that you want to be, and yeah. then tell people about it. The process of doing that, though, when you're talking about a company like Radio Shack that has, what's it, 4,000 locations here in the United States, and they have you know another 1,000 or 1,500 in, in other countries, th that's, a, that's a process that takes time. You can't just pull that off in a month or two. That, that would take, I would think, at least six months to be able to try and do that. It's almost a, a full rebranding, is it not? Yeah, it takes a lot of time, especially, as you say, with so many locations. If yeah. you have a website, that's much easier um, to change, obviously. So, yeah, it's it's a big endeavor. And it's not just that you have to change the stores. You have to change. It's a matter of your whole positioning. Everything yeah. that goes along with that, your merchandise, your service, how you train employees and incentivize them, locations, in interior design, all of that has to be aligned. The so, type of employees you hire, too, probably, as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Radio Shack's legacy was to hire people that were really into, you know, they were hobbyists, they yeah. were making things and building things. And that was one of the reasons why people went there, to have conversations, to hang out at the store. It's <laughs> similar. It actually reminds me of sports stores. You know, they're organized like group runs and, and yeah. group rides. People love to hang out there and just talk about, you know, sports and about the latest uh, whatever bikes or running shoes. But I guess then from that perspective, it, it can work in a sporting goods store because of the fact that you can you can really push forward uh, th that love that somebody that a consumer has for a sport, whether it be running or swimming or basketball, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's a lot smaller kind of uh, grouping that, that Radio Shack would be working, taking that kind of same philosophy and trying to play it towards uh, remote control cars or, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know the, the connectors that you need to, to go from your TV to your DVD player. It's, it's not the same, and it's a much smaller grouping. It, it definitely has also gone down. My understanding was that in the maybe 50 years ago, that segment was much bigger and sure. they used to yeah. have uh, fewer stores and then they grew so much. So maybe they overexpanded at some point because they were maybe hoping that a certain kind of business would de develop more. Um, so, but that segment probably is smaller now. So, but thinking back about what Radio Shack could be in the future, maybe there is some component of that where they could be more niche again yeah. and cater to, you know, the tech people. I mean, look at all the, especially millennials now, they are so much into tech and they do games. Maybe they could be the kind of company that caters in a smaller way, smaller scale to that segment. 844-942-7866 is the number. If you have a comment, we'd like to hear uh, your uh, beliefs on uh, Radio Shack. And maybe you were in a Radio Shack store over the last few months, and, and you could see it coming as well. 844-942-7866. Jack is in Philadelphia with a question. Jack, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for the call. Hey, I, I just wanted to comment on the, uh, the Radio Shack Shack situation. I, you know, I'm 39 years old, but I grew up with Radio Shack and the whole VCR and camcorder, everything in between that. 
And uh, I just think they had a tremendous brand back in the 80s and, and still relatively strong in the 90s. And when the Internet came along at the end of the day, they, they probably had an opportunity to really upend their, their own business model, kind of put themselves out of business and, and go online and become the dominant online retailer for a lot of the components they had sold. And I guess in a sense they would have had to take a lot of off the shelf and move it completely online. And that would have left them with a the question of, okay, what do we do with our stores? And um, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, but I think their strength in the 80s was, was kind of what Apple did with, with the iPhone and, and the iPods. They had a genius bar, if you think about it, before we ever heard of an iPhone, because you take your VCR, you take your camcorder in there, and you'd have questions, and, and they'd have people that were very, very knowledgeable about, yep. here's what you need. You need this adapter. You need this component. And this is, this is the solution to your problem. And they, they, they got away from that, in a sense, and they started taking on, you know, revenue streams of cell phones and, and laptops and computers and such. But they, 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 so I think they just missed a great opportunity there um, to really trans, kind of put themselves out of business, really transform the business model, but still keep their very strong brand that they had built as the expert in electronics, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's great that you mentioned the Genius Bar. Um, the difference there, though, is that it's Apple products, so the margins there would be much higher. My guess is that Radio Shack didn't get as early into the, um, you know, the service business for all kinds of cell phones because there wasn't as much margin for them because they didn't sell yeah. their own cell phones. Had you been, had Jack, had you been in a Radio Shack store recently and, and you saw, the, uh, in some respects, this coming? Well, yeah, I mean, I actually went in Christmas, and it actually was really busy. I think I went Christmas Eve, and it was packed, and people were getting, I guess, last-minute items. So I, yeah. I thought their business, from my small sample, was still strong. But uh, And I think before that, it was probably several years where I did need a, a wire converter component, and uh, and that was really it. I mean, but they just they don't, they don't sell anything that anybody else can sell, Best Buy, online retail, what yeah. have you, Target. And, and it was unfortunate, but they had a strong opportunity, I think, and, and just didn't take advantage of the Internet. And like you said, the, the margins are small there. So yeah. it probably would have been a complete upending in their business model to just to survive you know, the, the 2000th decade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, and Jack, thanks for the call. Obviously, uh, you can do well at Christmas, but, but so many stores do well at Christmas. Mm -hmm. it, it's doing well the other you know, 10 months of the year outside that holiday shopping season that mm -hmm. in this case really can be the key for, for Radio Shack. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there are many promotions going on. I don't know what those people bought. I also know that Sprint actually made a big push at that time uh, with promotions. So that might yeah. have also led people to sign up for new plans. Charles is in Atlanta. Charles, welcome to our show. Knowledge Warden, thanks very much. Thank you so much, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, I, I really think Radio Shack uh, kind of missed the ball uh, with the lack of uh, customer experience, uh, like you see in some of these other large retailers, uh, where there's a shop in the shop within the store, mm -hmm. uh, to where they could try the product, speak to uh, experts directly from the company. Um, it wasn't like a, uh, I guess, a fun environment like you see in your Targets, Best Buys. Uh, I think even Walmart's kind of there. Um, so for such a small space, I think. It's not. It wasn't up to date enough to compete, you know, with some of your larger retailers. 
which is kind of something what you were talking about in terms of trying to give it a fresh look, a, a little bit of a different feel, Denise. Mm-hmm. And the interaction, as as you say, yeah, for sure, the the store locations are much smaller because that's again, it's a, it's a chain that has grown over time, and they didn't need as, as much space before. Um, of course, you have to also keep cost in mind. If you have a bigger um, store space, you have to pay for that. But you're right. Like there are other places that offer more interaction and engagement. You can play around with um, with gadgets, um, including at the Apple Store, which is always so packed. Thanks very much for the call, Charles. It's interesting because when you're talking about a store like Radio Shack, uh, you have to have an unbelievable amount of different pieces you know, because of all the different components that are involved. But but realistically, when you go in there, you're either going in there, one, to find a piece that you need at that connector, whatever it might be, or two, they do sell, you know, the the electronic race cars or the electronic boats or something like that. And, and that will come in as well. So going forward for Radio Shack, they do need a, a total redo, don't they? That's exactly right, because you mentioned like these very different needs. You go in for one specific thing or you buy like a game or like an another electronic gadget. Yeah. So going forward, um, it's unclear to me exactly how this is going to work out between the partnership between Sprint and Radio Shack. Yeah. I think it's great that they are keeping the brand for now and figuring out what to do with it. If they want to take advantage of the store traffic that comes into Sprint stores they will have to figure out what kind of assortment they will offer to that customer group. I mean, yeah. it, it will be hard to market to two very different segments, one the Radio Shack segment and the other one the Sprint segment. So, I mean, maybe they can also look at, you know, past histories of what people have bought that bought Sprint cell phones, what else they bought in yeah. the store. So that will be, it will be interesting to see how this is going to work out and how they position Radio Shack. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Your comments, your thoughts on the uh, on Radio Shack, especially if you were in a Radio Shack store over the last few months. Jerry is in Jacksonville, Florida. Jerry, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I, I wanted to agree with a previous caller and, and say the Radio Shack and your, and your guests, they really have lost focus. Uh, they don't. You used to go in there and get stuff done. You could take your appliances, or you you could go in and get tubes and stuff and and transistors. And it's not. They don't set up for that. You know, the only reason I go in Radio Shack nowadays is to get a prepaid card to pay my Sirius satellite uh, subscription. There you go. Mm-hmm. Good job. I'm mm-hmm. kind of careful. I'm kind of careful with my credit cards, and so I'll, I'll go by the uh, the gift cards to to uh, pay my satellite. But they don't they don't do anything like they used to do. It's boom boxes and earbuds and all yeah. that sort of thing, and it's just a lot of foolishness, in my opinion. Well, and, and part and, of uh, it, uh, sorry, Jerry, let me let me jump in here. And part of it is is the fact that the consumers have changed so much over the last decade. And if you if you don't reach your consumer and change with them, then you're really you're you're, you're climbing up a hill that, that you can't get any you know good traction on. That's exactly right. And the trend of people not making as much anymore or fixing things, you know, it's more like throw away. You you just get a new yep. thing rather than fixing it. And the hobby segment is is um, is getting smaller as well. 
Jerry, thanks very much for the call. Lee is in Seattle. Lee, we got about a minute. Go ahead, sir. Hi, yeah, I'm a 41-year-old electrical engineer that, as a teenager, I used to go into Radio Shack regularly to get their kits, their books, and everything like that because that was my interest. Yep. Yeah, that... Now, anymore, I haven't gone to Radio Shack in years because I don't even know what they sell anymore. <laughs> there actually, you go. Actually, I, I read that they even had these catalogs that people, like, they were thick catalogs that people would love to read. And so, um, but there you go. So so you haven't been in one in years then, Lee? Yeah, last time I went in there, I went through their, their sections. I'm like, it just looked like going into a mini uh, Best Buy or something. Well, and, and there you go. There's another perfect example that, you know, it, it, it's similar. People think it's a little bit similar to other retailers, but it doesn't have that connection that, that, that most people want. And I think the other issue then was price because, like, the larger big box um, retailers, they had lower prices. Yeah. That's my understanding. So, Lee, thanks very much for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Denise, thanks very much for coming in. Appreciate your, uh, your knowledge. Thank thanks you. for having me. Great to have you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.